It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nikki, and joining me once again as we celebrate our 10th episode, Naomi Dolan. Can you believe it? 10 episodes. I know. I cannot believe it. This was like a little twinkle in our eye at Christmas time and, you know, and now we're halfway through, more than halfway through the year and we have got our 10th episode. Yeah, and look, when we put this together, we thought we wanted two goals. We wanted to share our experiences just in case it helped other people. And our other goal was to start talking to different people about their multiple journeys and professionals. And that's where we're going with this special 10th episode, aren't we? We are, because I don't think that anyone's journey is exactly the same. Yes, we can give hints and tips and we can share our stories. You can share your story and everything like that. No one's is exactly the same. But hopefully by bringing in an, a few guests, we can cover a few more things. So we've got a few more people that can relate to everything that we're talking about. Absolutely. And we really wanted someone very special for our first guest, somebody who could share a story that we haven't experienced anything of. So we thought nothing better than a triplet mother. I know. So the first question that I want to find out is how do they do it? And I know people always ask me that and it drives me absolutely crazy because I've got two hands, I've got two boobs and I've got two children. It (laughs) seems kind of, you know, that's the way it is. However, when you've got triplets and there's only one of you, what do you do? You don't have three hands and, I mean, I'm sure that no one's got three boobs, so <laughs> I'd be quite curious to find that out. Well, what about you, Nikki? I tell you what, I just reckon that people say that we're superheroes with two. You've got to be a superhero with three or more. Let's find out. We're going to chat to Janelle next on Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast and very excited to welcome our very first guest as we celebrate our 10th episode, a triplet mum joining us, Janelle. Janelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, First of all, let's get to know you a little bit. First of all, where are you from? Where are you based? So I'm located in Canberra, ACT, and I'm originally from Newcastle, New South Wales. Oh, just where I'm from. There you go. It's like we're connected. And look, uh, what first of all, what is the thing you love most about being a multiple mum? I think it's the opportunity to watch my kids grow up together. I mean, it's one thing to have kids at all different ages and being able to watch them grow up together, but they're all at different stages of life. And I think a real benefit of being a multiple mum is being able to see your kids grow up at the same time, doing the same things, achieving the same, relatively the same milestones and forming a, a lifelong bond together that will hopefully endure them into adulthood. And um, that's really something special that I've enjoyed being able to see blossom over the years. I think you've just touched a nerve with every single multiple mum. What do you reckon, Naomi? I agree. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I feel like, but I've only got two. Yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, Janelle, let's go right back to where it started for you. Um, tell us about when you found out that you were having triplets. So our journey to parenthood was quite a long one. So we went through eight years of fertility to achieve pregnancy. Uh, I hadn't been able to fall pregnant up until uh, finding out we were having triplets. Uh, it was in unexplained infertility for us 
He went through three rounds of IVF in the end. The first two were obviously unsuccessful. Uh, and on the third round, we obviously found out we were having triplets. So the first round, we went through IVF, uh, the straight IVF. The second round was IVF ICSI. And the third round was IVF ICSI, which is where they put a drop of protein in the middle of a petri cup and wait for the sperm to swim into it. That seemed to work for us, but I believe they don't do that anymore, interestingly enough. Mm. I tell you um, what, thank goodness for modern medicine, because I'm the yeah. same. Well, I'm, I'm IVF mm. to have our multiples. Uh, Nikki wasn't, but I am. And I honestly... I'm so grateful for it. And interestingly, I hadn't heard of Pixie. So that's, no. um, yeah. that's, yeah, I did eight rounds of IVF to have our twins. Um, and we did ICSI, but I hadn't heard of Pixie. So I was, yeah, when you were saying it, I was like, oh, what's that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. No, okay. I believe they, they've done studies on it now to prove that it was no more successful than ICSI. Mm. Uh, but obviously, ICSI didn't work for us. Pixie did. And whereas I heard that ICSI has led to more identical twins because they inject the sperm in and it almost forces the, you know, the the embryo, the egg to split. Yeah. Our uh, IVF specialist knew that on my side of the family, I've got twinning on my mum's side and my dad's side. And my husband also has twinning on his side of the family too. So... During the first two rounds of IVF, she'd only put one embryo back in. And on the third go, she put two eggs back in, knowing full well the risks that we could potentially face. And of course, it resulted in a triplet pregnancy. So we didn't find out about, obviously, it being a triplet pregnancy until the ultrasound at the six-week mark. And at that ultrasound, we were expecting to walk in and see a little heartbeat, little jelly beans, and it went from the ultrasound technician saying to us all, well, there's one little heartbeat, there's another little heartbeat, and then about three minutes later, she said, I think there's another one. <gasps> and oh, my gosh. And she did gosh. a little bit more oh, digging. Yeah. She swapped the ultrasound probe thing. I think she ended up going with an internal one just to add insult to injury. Yeah. And... Sure enough, there was the third one hiding in the back. We were stunned, wow. absolutely stunned. The hubby and I just looked at each other and had no words. <laughs> I can only imagine because when I found out there was two, I was stunned. So, mm. so to be found, find out that there were three must have just been absolutely mind-blowing. Yes. What was the initial first thought that went through your mind? As I said, there were, there were really just no words. I couldn't put... I couldn't put what I was feeling into words at that point in time. I think after eight years of trying to fall pregnant and then seeing that there were three inside of me, it was a surreal feeling. Mm. And clearly hubby was feeling the same. I could see the tears in his eyes. Uh, I, I couldn't get tears in my eyes. I was emotional, but I was just so elated and oh, I, I really can't describe the feeling. Like sitting here now, I can vividly feel that emotion that I can feel that you're reliving the moment as well like I can I can really feel now that you're reliving that moment and I'm just like I almost feel like I'm in there with you which sounds kind of creepy I'm sorry but um, yeah 
particularly after you said that you had, you know, an internal, but I just really feel like I'm in there with you because, Yeah. yeah, I can just, Oh, I can just see your husband's eyes welling up and I can just, oh, it's amazing. Mm. It was really a, a magical moment. But unfortunately, that magical moment was quickly whipped away from us. So the ultrasound was held at my IVF specialist clinic. So she has her own ultrasound technician. And at that particular appointment, the ultrasound was to be followed by a consultation directly with her after that where she would go through your your care, essentially. Mm. And she came into the ultrasound room and could see that there were three little jelly beans on the screen and went from, oh, great, you're pregnant, to, oh, this isn't good. Oh, oh. We don't have to talk about this. I'll go and oh. fill in the paperwork now. And Hubby and I just looked at each other and thinking, what paperwork? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> And she'd already exited the room. So we're left there completely confused as to what's happening. Tell me you didn't have your legs in the air still. (laughs) I didn't. I was covered, thankfully. (laughs) That was all sorted out. Uh, So the ultrasound technician said to me, look, wipe off, get dressed, and uh, your specialist will see you over in that room, which is just behind the sliding door behind the technician's little area. And hubby and I go into the room and she's already got all of these forms filled out on her desk and the specialist is very matter of fact uh i liken her to a tradie she is foul mouthed and very blunt and to the point she doesn't dumb down what she's saying and leading up to this process i didn't have an issue with that approach but it all sort of changed the moment we fell pregnant and there was just no empathy in how things were put across. So the forms that she was talking about were selective reduction forms. So it had gone from us just finding out that we were having triplets to then her saying, well, we'll look to take the twins. I've filled out the paperwork to send you off to a hospital in Sydney where they'll perform this operation. These are the risks. Wow. You could risk losing all of them. And we are just looking at this, this doctor thinking, you just told us we're pregnant. Now you're trying to kill off our kids already before they've even been given a chance. Oh, my gosh. So, I am just like, yeah, wow. I, I cannot even fathom what it you was, are yeah, going through was, at this point in time. As you as you saying just before, uh, I really am reliving that moment right now, just sitting in that doctor's office, completely confused as to how we arrived here. Yeah. We've taken eight years to fall pregnant. Now we're pregnant. You want to risk losing that? I just, and there's no medical amazing. reason. Like we, we knew that. As soon as we could see there were three, we were like, oh, shit, this is but you <laughs> this didn't is even be a have, rough ride. You didn't even have the chance to get your head around it or anything before exactly. this doctor's and putting this on the table the for you. Wow. It was oh. no conversation, and I think that's what really threw us, is that we're sitting in there expecting to be told, look, these are the risks, this is what can happen, not straight away, here's the form, off you go, go and, go and uh, kill them off. Wow. I just... Yeah, as someone who, you know, as I just said before, I, I went through numerous rounds of IVF. I just, I, I, I simply can't fathom 
hearing someone say that to me after what we went through. So I can only imagine what you were hearing when mm. you were talking about even more babies than mm. I was talking about. Absolutely. That is just amazing. Thankfully, Hubby was, um, he could clearly see that I was not coping with that conversation mm. and was able to be my voice of reason to say, well, look, I think we just need to digest this. Mm. Uh, and we fairly well just ended the the consultation with her short. Good on him. Opportunity yeah. to come to grips with what had just happened and for us to have an opportunity to go and do some of our own research around, well, what does this mean for us now? And thank goodness we did that rather than just willy-nilly signing our life or their life away, boys' life away, really, uh, to go up to Sydney to have this uh, operation done. So, so can I just clarify, sorry, she was talking about reducing the twins and just leaving you with a singleton? That's right. Wow. 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 Oh my so gosh! She was found due to the the risk associated with a, tri- a triplet pregnancy. We'd likely lose um, early on anyway. Yeah. So rather than complicate things, we may as well just get it over and done with now. She was almost being too medical in that situation. It, yeah, it was very yeah. sterile. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, right. There was no empathy in the way that she was. It was delivered. putting it across. Mm. It's like she wasn't talking about children at that point in time they were just cells which I know that at that point they are only a bundle of cells but to us they were our kids and they, yeah and in your, your they were going to mind, grow to yeah. be our children yeah, yeah and after everything you've been through too I mean wow mm, that's um oh. it's amazing because you're now making me look back on my journey in uh so on our fifth round of IVF we fell pregnant with twins and when he did the ultrasound and the same thing. He did the ultrasound. He was like, oh, here's heartbeat one, here's heartbeat two. Oh, hang on, let me just check something. Let's have an internal. Okay, so here's, okay, well, heartbeat one's looking kind of okay. Heartbeat two's not looking real good. Yeah, look, I don't think this one's going to make it. And I was kind of like, oh, hang on. What What do you mean? I've just found out that I'm pregnant. And now you kind of say, and he was kind of saying, oh, but that's okay because, you know, this gives the other one a better chance and all of this kind of stuff and then we ended up losing that one so as well but hearing that oh yeah no sorry that's just yeah amazing not in a good amazing no not amazing amazing. sorry yeah Yeah. uh, I passed that information on once our care with that particular specialist was done and dusted yeah they as with most doctor surgeries and things like that they have feedback processes that you can submit and I was sure to put my feedback mm. that I don't think her bedside manner or approach to communicating a very delicate situation to a couple who had just endured an epic eight years of trying to conceive, I don't think that was the best approach to go down. No. Wow. Um, I never heard anything back but I felt better at least Hopefully, maybe she might have changed the way slightly from what I understand she had it. <laughs> but um, I felt like I got it off my chest being yeah. able to say, yeah, I that was not cool. You don't do that to someone. So, Janelle, obviously you guys went home. Um, what happened after that between you and your husband? What were the discussions and how did you come to the point of obviously deciding to keep your three beautiful babies? Once we arrived home, 
there were lots of tears, not going to lie. Contemplating what our future was going to be really took a toll on us once we we had an opportunity to sit in the car. We didn't say a word to each other on the trip home. We were just still totally in shock. And I think individually digesting what had just occurred, finding out we're having triplets, to then the conversation about selective reduction. That trip home was just our, our grounding moment. And then once we got home, it was just, okay, we need to just let this all out. Lots of tears. What are we going to do? Uh, I think I spent the next 24 hours glued to my phone looking at YouTube videos and articles and documentaries and God knows what else on every conceivable thing that there was about triplets out there. And God, that's nearly, well, no, it is six years ago now and the information that's out there now is incredible. There wasn't nearly as much as there, uh, there was back then. But what I was able to deduce was lots of mothers were able to successfully deliver triplets. And in my head, I had fairly well convinced myself that, well, if these women can do it, what's to stop me from being able to do it? Yes, there's going to be risks, but there's risks walking across the damn road. I can get hit yeah. by a bus. Uh, I'm going to give this a shot. If the pregnancy goes smoothly uh, up until the 12-week week mark, then why would we stop nature doing its thing? We'd just let the pregnancy progress. And that's what we did. We both agreed that we'd just let the pregnancy continue, let nature take, take its course, and um, ultimately, well, we'll get to the end, I suppose, as to what's happened to this point, but uh, it has been successful. Wow. 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 That is just, I mean, uh, for me, that Incredible. is completely mind-blowing. Mm. For someone else who has gone through IVF, gone through all of that, and, you know, to come out at the other end, and, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think I'm spoiling the, the story. We've, you've come out with, with a beautiful family. Um, but to, to face those decisions for someone who's been going through IVF for so long, I mean, I, do, I, I, I seriously, I can't fathom that. How did your family react to the news that you were expecting triplets? Did they know about your IVF journey? Like, and and what, how did they react when you, found, when you told them that you were having triplets? Our fertility journey was fairly public knowledge for our family. So they had been tracking every cycle with us fairly well, every injection that I had to have. Uh, they knew what was going on. So the moment we found out we were pregnant, they knew. And the moment we found out we were having triplets, aside from that very silent car ride home, pretty well the moment we decided no, we were going to go through with this, that's the moment they knew. It was concerning for them because they knew a triplet pregnancy was not going to be easy. Aside from a triplet pregnancy, having triplets, once they were here, they knew that that was going to take a toll on us as well. Uh, So there was an element of concern from them. But at the same time, my God, I've never seen my family so excited. Oh, that's just so beautiful. How did you actually tell them? We called them up on loudspeaker for our respective families and we said, well, there's definitely a baby there. Um, 
might be more than that. They're like, oh, twins, great. And we're like, nope, guess again. And everyone was like, no, you're kidding me. Like, yep, it's triplets. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And it sounds like because your family had shared that journey with you, no doubt, uh, you would have – because I think the one thing with multiples, particularly when you go from – like for us only two, but to three, you need that support. Did You you obviously had a lot of support around you. Absolutely. My mum and my aunt in particular were my rock. I don't think without them, uh, particularly even up to – well, now they are there through thick and thin. Whenever I've needed them, uh, if I've been sick throughout the pregnancy, or now with the boys nearly going into school, they are just—I know I can uh, constantly call on them, and, and they'll be there for support. Oh, wow. That is amazing because I think that—I mean—they do say it takes a village to raise a child, and I—I'm a big believer in the fact that it takes you know a multiple multiple village to raise a multiple multiple children mm. but yeah that's you're so lucky that's really lovely it's talking twins and more with Nix and Naomi thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au do you know I mean I guess the next thing that we all think of uh, you know us as twins we, we've spent I think the last nine or so episodes of this podcast talking about our pregnancies um, let's hook into your pregnancy triplets uh, the good the bad the ugly can you talk us through it Sure. So the first trimester was really quite easy. I didn't even realise that I was pregnant, if I'm honest. Uh, Life just sort of carried on as normal. And I knew that I had these three special little beings inside. But aside from having an image or a couple of images at that point from the ultrasound, I had no other symptoms to tell me that I was pregnant. No sore boobs or no vomiting, nothing like that at all. It wasn't until week 14 that it got real. Um, and it, it got real really quick. So we went from everything being failing to then um, at week 14, I passed out in the shower. Hubby had gone to work early that morning. And this is midsummer in Canberra, and I don't know if you're familiar with Canberra yeah, summers, but hot. they can get up to sort of 45 degrees. And silly me had a, a really hot shower, and my blood pressure dropped really low, and I just passed out and woke up to a cold shower, thinking what on earth had just happened. Um, called myself an ambulance, went into hospital, and from that, they found a raft of different things that were going on. So I ended up having an E. coli infection. I had a heart murmur. Uh, and they discovered that I had some thyroid issues as well. Hang on. And so they, how many what, how many weeks gestation were you then? I was 14 weeks at that point. Wow. So from going into hospital, they found those three things. And it just felt from that moment onwards that every single week thereafter, there was something new that I had to contend with. By week 17, I'd been diagnosed with gestational diabetes. So that was fun, (laughs) having to deal with that so early on in the pregnancy. And the thyroid issues continued to get worse. So not only was I 
having to inject insulin. I was also on thyroid medication. Ugh. I ended up with pups. Now, for the life of me, I don't remember what the the acronym. Hang on a second. That is terrible. Yes, yes. that's awful. A scratchy. Yeah, they're really itchy thing. I don't know. Is it your veins that lift up or something? Yeah, I don't something know. And like you're that. covered with these welts all yes. over you. So, Pine Price was my friend throughout my pregnancy, just to try and keep the itch at bay. And uh, ultimately, what led to the boy's birth was preeclampsia. Wow. Wow. You got what a journey. Dealt yeah, so a lot. That's the pregnancy. Uh, and i got to be honest, when I got to the, the very end, I was booked in for, I think it was just over 35 weeks. They didn't want, want to let the triplets go any longer than 35 weeks. Just you over. made it to 35 weeks. <laughs> you beat both of us. <laughs> Just about. I made it. I made it to thirty four plus six, uh, but I was meant to be thirty thirty five plus two. I think I went in for my pre admission check on the Friday before the session, and it came up with protein in my urine, high blood pressure. You know the drill when it comes to preeclampsia, yeah. and I was totally in denial. I thought I, in my head, I still had the weekend. To clean all my sheets and tidy the house and do the last grocery, grocery shop before they would arrive. So when they said, you're not leaving the hospital, we're admitting you, I had a meltdown. I full on, <laughs> I full on <laughs> had a meltdown thinking, this is all too real now. This is about to happen. <laughs> so you were at do? the hospital already and you, they didn't let you go home? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened to me yeah. as well. Yeah. We were just talking about this last week. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, I have to ask this extremely personal question. How large were you? Mm. I was enormous. As a side note, I'm happy to provide you with a picture. I was just about to ask <laughs> yeah, you that. Yeah, we might get that you up on our that... Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I've got a really glamorous one of me in labour uh, because the stress of everything put me into labour yeah. uh, that I can provide you. I'm happy for you to share that with the network. Oh. But We'd love to share that. Well, it's very real. It's, it shows you the true, <laughs> the true state that you would be in with a triple pregnancy. <laughs> There's me goodness. laying down on the bed with my enormous belly covered in uh, cellulitis stretch marks. So my stretch marks were they became infected that they were that severe. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Real glamorous look. When I say this in the, the nicest possible way, I'm looking forward to sharing this photo with you on our <laughs> Facebook page, which is. Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. So you can pop along and you can see Janelle's stretch marks. <laughs> Janelle, we were talking Absolutely. just the other week about how when you get to that point where you're just completely over it. And one of the things that we were trying to get the message through is how important every week is. But where were you at that point of just trying to cope? Everyone was saying to me, oh, you're probably going to have premature babies. I'll probably be born before 30 weeks and I'll spend... God knows how long in Niku and all of this, I was ready from 24 weeks. Wow. wow. I had my bags packed. I had all my birth plans sorted. I had, I'm a perpetual planner. Everything in my life is planned out to the nth degree. And I wanted to make sure that when the, the, when the triplets were ready to come, I had a game plan ready to go. 
And leading up to 24 weeks, I was like, oh, I'm so close to viability. Once we reach viability, I feel, was feeling like I was over that hump. And then with each passing week that went by, I got more confident and um, I was like, okay, well, we've made it this far. Are we going to make it another week? And it just kept going and going and going. And I think everyone was just looking at my belly growing astronomically thinking she's about to pop. She's dead set about to pop mm. and the baby's just going to fall out. Um, so by the time I got to nearly 35 weeks, it really was a case of my – I was totally ready. But in saying that, as I was saying, the, the Friday I went into the pre-admission check, that morning – I'd been out shopping all morning. So I think for me, most people had already ruled me out of the game before I'd even been given an opportunity to prove that I could be a good mother to triplets. Mm. Everyone was saying, you're going to need help and you're going to have to get a carer in and your mum's going to have to move in and you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that. And Like I didn't even... So they, they kind of almost the made the assumption that you couldn't cope before you'd even yeah. had the chance to, to give it a shot. Yeah. And that's where I was going with, with each passing week that went by, I was like, well, hang on a second. I'm doing this. Mm. I'm killing this pregnancy. Like this is going great going so far. Yeah. You, what, you're growing what, these what, three what kids. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's with um, most multiple birth pregnancies because, I mean, you get told, as soon as people find out that you're pregnant with twins, they're like, oh, you're going to have to have a cesarean. You're not going to be able to breastfeed. You can't do this. You're going to be enormous. Oh, look at this. You know, And they're just so negative from the exactly. absolute start. You know, the killer for me was that everybody said, oh, you won't leave the house for the first year. And you know what? I set out from the moment the boys were born it was my mission to prove them all wrong. And I'll go into details later around mm. how I went in, how I went about doing that, just as a bit of a, hey, F you, um, watch me. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to hearing about that because good on you. I think that's yeah. incredible. I love the fact that you've you've used the, the possible adversities and turned them around and used them as positives and, and as your driving force. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, we might uh, wrap it up for there now. You've talk, taken us right to the point <laughs> where you're about to have these boys. Um, and Janelle, we would love you to join us again for another week and have a chat about the next stage, how you found out about the sexes, your birthing story, and of course, the two businesses that you have uh, since grown um, since you've had your triplets. That'd be great. I look forward to it. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. So now when we're, we always wrap up at the end of our podcast where we share our weekly wins and our weekly struggles. Now, personally, we like to go out on our weekly wins. So let's well, let's start with Nick. Nick, what was your weekly struggle this week? Okay, well, my weekly struggle, and I think um, both of you will get this, and Janelle probably you, because my boys, uh, my twins are boys, um, and my boys are at the three and a half mark, so not that much younger than yours. But um, we've just hit a really 
violent stage, a physically violent stage. The boys are really asserting themselves against each other and I'm struggling with it. Um, We're having kicking and biting and punching and I just feel like I'm constantly in the middle of some kind of WWE game trying to ref it out. Can I tell you, it doesn't get any easier. (laughs) I thought you might say that. (laughs) Oh, well, at least I've just got to get a good whistle then and and work out. I've never done as many timeouts as I've done in the last 48 hours and I'm I'm a bit I was saying to Naomi a bit earlier I'm a bit drained from it um because I just feel like maybe it's something that I'm not doing right in communicating with them um but as as you guys know when they're in their bubble and they're in their twin thing triplet thing uh it's so hard to break into it you know what I'm going to share an article I just shared it on another page earlier um, or a, a couple of weeks ago, and it was talking about um, it was it was actually about siblings that fight, and it was just actually talking about how rather than taking sides, you just need to be a referee. I'm going to share that with you, Nikki, because I, would... I think that you'll get. Yeah, I think you'll get a bit out of that. I would love that because I, I haven't been taking sides unless, you know, obviously putting one in a timeout if they're the aggressor. But it, it I have do just feel like that referee. So that'd be awesome. Now, Naomi, what yeah, about no... your fail for this week? Uh, so, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit this. For the first time, my, so my children are um, eight and they're in year two at school. I sent them to school last week with no lunch. What? Oh, dear. <laughs> it was a complete accidental thing. Um, we had no family around that, that, and my mum had come up for the weekend, my mum and my stepdad, and they loved the kids and they were like, oh, we'll take them to school. So they took them to school and dropped them off. And then they came back and they packed up their stuff to drive back to New South Wales. And mum said to me, do you these school bags are light? <laughs> and I just looked at her and I said, that's because they've got no lunch. Oh, dear. What did you do? Oh, was this, was this at pick up? No, no, no. Thankfully, this was a drop-off. So this is like at 9.30. She was packing up because they wait for the traffic to disappear because I'm in Brisbane and they have to drive down to New South Wales. So you've got to drive through the Gold Coast. So they always wait for the traffic to disperse before they leave. And they don't leave until about 9.30. And it wasn't until she said that to me. And I thought, I just looked at it. I didn't even reply anything other than that's because they've got no lunch. And I completely... And utterly forgotten. I was so thrown out of routine because my mum and my stepdad were here and were taking them to school that, um, yeah, I forgot to take them any lunch. Oh, my goodness. So I had to take it down to the school and drop it off, um, oh, which was, yeah, well, very embarrassing it. turning up at the office. But anyway, what about you, Janelle? Uh, I think my struggle this week has it's not so much been about the kids, but more so between hubby and my relationship. So, I've been watching and reading lately about the mental load that mothers face. Oh, yeah. And it's really resonated with me over this past month because in accepting a new job last week and the two businesses that I've got and then the four kids, juggling everything really wears you down. And over the over September, I'm, I'm going away without the kids over two weekends. And hubby has to look after all four kids by himself. And I don't do that very often, but I've been made to feel guilty that I'm doing that. Uh, And one of the weekends is for a work conference. Can't get out of that. 
the other one is for a girls weekend away I haven't done that all year and I know in myself I am in desperate need of a reprieve I'm I'm getting more yelling as each day goes by uh it's impacting on the kids they can see that I'm stressed and I just need some time out and the conversations between hubby and I it almost becomes a competition between the two of us as who's doing the most and I'm so done with it that's my yeah. struggle this week mm. and trying to communicate that yes he's a he's a builder I know he works hard he works by himself though so he doesn't have to deal with mm. employees he doesn't have to deal with the random questions that you get fired at that I get given in my management job uh nor does he have to worry about all of the the preschool yeah. concerts and worrying about have we got enough milk, have we got enough bread, what are, what about medical appointments. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't do all of that. Mm. Um, and I think that's fairly common across probably not just uh, multiple families, but probably all families, yeah. I, I would go as far as saying. But, yeah, that's definitely my struggle this week. And I, I think Nikki and I, yeah, Nikki and I, Nikki and I totally feel uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are both at, currently at this point in time the stay-at-home parents to high-needs children. So we are constantly jugging the needing the milk to get to the mm-hmm. physio, to get to the OT, to get to school, to get to kindy, to get to everything. And it is exhausting. And I'm not saying that our partners have it any worse, but that that mental juggle is the thing that I find absolutely yeah. the most exhausting. I found it really I, is. I forgot something really simple the other day, like like something, some appointment. It wasn't to pick something up, but it was something simple. And, and that exact conversation came up of a, like, like how do you forget things like that? Not not in an, in an aggressive way, just like the, a blow of common. And it's like, just because my mind is that full, our minds are that full with so many different things. It's so hard to keep on top of it. Yeah. So many hats. It's in saying in, that though, one of, a, a really good friend of mine, he's a stay-at-home dad of twins and he wears that hat. So him and I relate so much yeah. because he's carrying the mental load. Yeah, yeah, it's a big mental load no matter who it's on. Uh, let's get to our wins. Okay. I have got a win that has just, I'm not, I am, I am totally putting on my boastful parent hat here. So my boy, Oliver, um, who we suspect is dyslexic and we're going through all of the testing and everything like that. Over the weekend, he embraced writing. And this kid who... I can barely get to write a sentence for homework during the week. Mm. Has written seven books. Wow! Not only has he written seven books, he's illustrated seven books. Oh, he's wow. a little author on your hands. Oh my I, goodness! So we've got, but what we've gone from zero, zero. I'm talking about like probably negative two to writing seven books in one weekend. Oh my and goodness. I mean, Incredible. gosh, if if I had enough, I, maybe I should get him on to read a book for us for our podcast. That would be fantastic! Oh my gosh, can honestly, we? yeah. Well, that's I'm just yeah. I haven't even spoken, but but maybe we should just get him. Or maybe I'll get him to record reading one because yeah. I am so. Oh, it, look, honestly, it just made my heart. Oh, making my heart overflow. Melt. Oh, it's making my heart yeah. melt, Naomi. That's just oh, what a, oh, awesome. What about you, Nick? Did well, you have any wins this week? I'll tell you what, um, very similar and, and you just you just touched on that with how quickly kids can just 
flick a switch on things. So as you know, we've been going through, um, anyone who's been following the podcast, we've been going to OT. We've been to Sensory Group now for a few weeks and we were back there today um, with Hunter. And um, this is a kid who really has been struggling with his fine motor skills, holding pencils, the the concept of drawing, crossing that centre line, all of those sorts of things. And today he walked into this class with his new friends, as he's calling them, with so much confidence and he had to the the first task was to draw to draw a figure of eight within the lines um and and he and he did it and he crossed the center line and he held he he learned to hold his pen so for us that was just such a huge achievement that he had confidence in this thing he's he's built his new little group of friends and he was able to do this task which has been such a struggle with his fine motor skills so yeah that was just a really big win for us same thing just kind of blown away that this is a kid that a couple of weeks ago couldn't even hold a pencil really and now has been able to draw a figure of eight that's amazing Janelle my little win's probably a bit more light-hearted so the boys are they'll be six next year and I've been waiting a very long time to be able to take them to a movie and have them all sit there and actually watch the movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jump up and down. And I'm the only one that sits there and watches the movie. So we went to see the, the new Lion King movie last week. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved the original Lion King. This one is even better. And you know what I'm enjoying even more is the fact that the boys now are of an age where they, they can recognize songs and can start to sing songs. So I've started playing on the car radio whenever we go anywhere now. Disney on Spotify, they've got their Disney tunes. So they have got Hakuna Matata down pat (laughs) and the circle of life. And I am loving it. Uh, I can see you guys with your sing-along in the car now. That is awesome. I am so far behind the times. We do not do Spotify. We do not have music in the car. We don't have anything. Yeah, but you're we on audio books. Yeah. Yes, but that, no, but that's because they come on a, on a CD that I can put in and out. I, I so have to get onto this. Right. Oh. I need to get on it, yep. Look, I'm going to sort that out. Heads and shoulders, knees and toes, all the way down the coast. We've always got the kids' tunes on and it keeps them occupied. I don't have to listen to the fights because they're just all singing away. Oh, Nikki, this is such brilliant information for you because Nikki is traveling nearly two hours to oh, and from and her forth. house to her yeah. back and forth with her children. And um, yeah, she's been asking for tips. So there you go. Yeah, that's we'll, perfect. We'll sort that out, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, we're, we we're gonna, will. We will. We'll, we'll talk about it next week whether we've got it sorted. Yeah, we will. I'll, I'll let you know how my singing goes. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, yeah. for an absolutely fabulous time. I hope we haven't waffled on too much. I've really enjoyed getting to know Janelle better. And um, I'm really looking forward to next week continuing on with Janelle's story because um, I certainly got caught up in it and I'm sure lots of people have. Yeah, look, absolutely, Janelle. Thank you so much for sharing just part of your journey. We cannot wait to hear uh, the next little bit next week and we can't thank you enough for joining us. Not a problem at all. I look forward to it. We will catch you next week. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.